Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who played his college baseball for UNC Charlotte, where he was named the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year in 2001, set several single-season 49ers records, including strikeouts and wins. He was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles in the sixth round of the 2002 Major League Baseball June Amateur Draft. He made his Major League debut July 23, 2004. He played five seasons here with the New York Mets, appeared in three postseason games, the highlight being his Game 6 in the NLCS. It is a pleasure to welcome former New York Met number 33, John Main, to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I gotta say, I gotta, I apologize for being a little congested and a little stopped up right here, so I apologize if I kind of sound a little muffled, but uh, thanks for having me. No worries. So, you know, while at UNC, you play for a man who is the longest tenured coach in the Charlotte Athletics Department, Lauren Hibbs, who has completed 26 seasons as a head coach of the baseball program there. He's averaged more than 30 wins per season in his career. He's taken the program to all five of its NCAA tournament appearances, currently the only header assistant coach in the state of North Carolina who's won a national championship in the College World Series. A uh, guy that really doesn't get as much press as he should. What was the most important thing you learned from Coach Hibbs? I just think going back is probably just, um, you know, I, I, I think kind of respecting your teammates. Uh, you know, when I was there, you know, many, many years ago, he, uh, you know, he kind of instilled, you know, those are your partners, those are the people you go to war with, you go to battle with, and it's respecting your teammates and respecting your opponents. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's something that I really kind of admired about him and um, what he taught everybody. You make your way up the Orioles' minor league ladder. Scott McGregor is your pitching coach at two of your minor league stops. What did having a former 20-game winner in the major leagues, an all-star pitcher as well, as one of your first pitching coaches mean to your development in the O system? You know, he, um, you know I'm very fortunate to have a guy like him. He kind of taught me that um, you know, not only can a, you know, a person be your coach, but kind of also more of a friend um, you know, type relationship. And he was, he was great. Um, you know, so I, I guess it's because, you know, not only he taught me about the, the game of baseball, but he also kind of helped me navigate, um, you know, kind of, you know, other relationships and, 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 and my other aspects of my life. And that kind of, you know, it kind of set me up to how I kind of deal things now that uh, um, it just kind of, you know, he's not only a coach, but he was a friend. And I can, you kind of have, you can, you can have it both ways with that, you know, somebody you look up to. So I was really lucky to have somebody like Scotty McGregor, um, you know, as a pitching coach for me. 2003, you emerged as one of the top prospects in the minor leagues. You led all minor league pitchers in strikeouts with 185. You get to make your Major League Baseball debut July 23, 2004, Camden Yards against the Twins. What do you remember about that day, and more importantly, the walk from the bullpen to the dugout and then out to the mound for your first Major League start? You know, I guess the only thing I remember is getting a home run hit off me uh, <laughs> by Jack Jones. That's what I remember the most. Uh, I you know, I wasn't um, I, I, I wasn't all that anxious or nervous the first start. I guess because I was probably too much in shock um, than anything else. I guess it was the next start that I was a little more um, kind of nervous and, 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 and didn't do as well. Um, not that I did well to begin with, but I just uh, the first thing I remember is just giving up a home run. Um, uh, 
in the first start. That's, that's about it. <laughs> so you get your first Major League win August thirteenth, two 2005, again at Camden Yards. one nothing shutout victory over the Blue Jays. You started pitch five strong innings. You get uh, into nine more games for the Orioles that season. And during the offseason, January twenty first, two 2006, you traded to the New York Mets. You know, every player, you know, when they come up with an organization, when they get traded, it, it's a shock. What do you remember about being traded? Who told you you were traded? And what was your initial reaction to going to the Mets? Um, I can't, yeah, I can't, uh, to be honest, I can't remember who called me. Um, um, I, I can't remember who called me, but I do remember, you know, it was in December, and uh, um, the person who called me just, they kind of gave me a heads up saying, hey, you know, we traded you. Um, we appreciate everything. Um, yeah, um, you know, all the niceties and everything like that. Um, I, I get it, um, you know, getting traded, especially the Orioles, uh, you know, especially doing well in the minor leagues. I, I get that whole process and everything like that. Um, I was kind of fortunate, though, because I actually did grow up a Mets fan, so kind of playing for the Mets. And then in New York, I was more excited than, I guess, dis- I was more excited for the opportunity than, than I was disappointed in getting traded from a, from a team. I understand the business. Um, so, so, like I said, that didn't disappoint me too much. Um, I wasn't that upset. I was just more excited, ready for another opportunity. Um, and I joined my time in Baltimore, and like you know, I understood it, but I was ready to rock and roll in New York. Right. Of course, he was traded for Chris Benson, and some would say Anna Benson was the key player in that deal <laughs> yeah. that the Mets got rid of. <laughs> some would say that. <laughs> but so you get to Mets. Uh, this is AJ, AJ Carter, John. And your first pitching coach is Rick Peters. We've talked a lot about the influence of pitching coaches on you, but you also said that Rick had a particular influence on you, not just on pitching, but again, on how to live your life. Tell us about your relationship with Rick and what he taught you about life in general as well as pitching. So I think, you know, Rick, I think of uh, all pitch guys, and I've had a lot of good ones, and this is, um, you know, not a slight on anybody, um, but it's more of a compliment to Rick Peterson, and I really enjoyed my time with Rick Peterson. Um, uh, he, um, he, was probably of all pitching coaches worked more on the mental side of, um, of especially baseball um, uh, than any other pitching coach that I had, and that kind of um, the way he explained things um, and how it kind of you know both life, um, you know my personality towards the game of baseball, it really kind of made it easier for me to understand um, you know who I was, what um, how to make it easy for pitching. Um, and then just you know, it's 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 you know, it's a game of baseball. It's um, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's it's um, you know, it's it just kind of almost dumbed it down for me, um, especially for somebody that I was over analytical of a lot of things. Um, and then Rick Peterson came in here and kind of just, or to me, and just you know, he kind of set me straight a little bit. And um, I and I still tell everybody that you know, Rick Peterson. I I, I mean. I love the guy for a pitching coach. He was great. He was fantastic, and I loved everything he said to me. And I just soaked it up. Everything he had to say, um, I just you know, I was a sponge with him, and I loved it. You know, it's interesting because I, I think the start that put John Maine on the map for me was a Friday, July twenty first, two thousand six start. And hard to believe that was thirteen years ago. Um, <laughs> it was merengue night, and, and you know, I, I love saying this at, at Shea Stadium. Um, rain was in the forecast, so. In typical, you know, and I can say this because, you know, I, I bleed blue and orange, but in typical Met fashion, you know, it was set up that El Duque was going to pitch on merengue night. However, there was rain in the forecast, and the Mets, given the fact that El Duque had some minor tweaks that season, felt, you know, it wouldn't be wise to, you know, get El Duque up. If it was a rain delay, have him stop, have him warm up again. 
So they inserted you as, as somewhat of a last-minute starter. So can you tell our audience a little bit about that start, what you remember about it, and how that really kind of moved you to the forefront of, of the, Willie Randolph's mind, maybe? Yes. Well, I just, you know, it was, um, and this is also, um, so I, I, I do remember this. They, uh, uh, you know, El Duque is a little banged up, and um, uh, we had a, uh, there was already a day's rest in between, so, um, you know, that night would have been my fifth night instead of also start the following night, and was on, cause, because the off day was, you know, um, uh, the, the sixth day, and they're just like, hey, he's a little banged up, this is your fifth day, can you, you know, can you pitch? And, um, you know, and of course, I was like, yes. And that was also, you know, my, my eagerness, my anxiousness is probably also what kind of did me a little bit. I didn't matter if it wasn't, you know, I could have pitched the night before. I would have said yes. Um, <laughs> they asked me to go in, and, I mean, well, I wasn't doing anything that night anyway, so why not? You know, so I just said, yeah, I can pitch. And, um, you know, that's kind of how it always was. And, um, you know, I, Elduki didn't need to go in and pitch. Um, you know, he was a little banged up. Everyone had a day off. And, and why not? And that's kind of just, uh, I do remember that. It's kind of funny to say that, but uh, that's kind of how it was. I was like, I wasn't doing anything, so why not go in and throw? Uh, if I could do it every day, I would. And that started, you know, continued a streak of scoreless innings that would go 22 innings over your next three starts. Got two wins and no decision over that span. After that second scoreless outing, Willie moves you as the, the permanent fifth starter, bumping Mike Pelfrey. How much did Willie's confidence in you help you relax a little bit more on the mound? Well, it was always, yes, it was, you know, and Willie was great, too. And it was also the, just the, um, I guess it was just, I guess, you know, pitching well, but it also wasn't just me pitching well. It was a lot easier with that team that we had behind me. Um, and then, you know, and then and my buddy Pelfi right there, he came up and did great, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of football corn to me or Pelfi. I was just a beneficiary of, you know, having to choose heads if somebody, you know, called that. Um, <laughs> But yes, we're always saying, "Hey, you got it." That does make it easier to when you're not worrying about if you're going down to minors the next start. Um, so, and that kind of might have, you know, they, they, I'm sure they did help me. So overall, that first season with the Mets, you go six and five with the 3.6 earned run average in the 15 starts. You helped the Mets win the National League Eastern Division in the L, uh, NLDS. Injury sideline both Pedro Martinez and El Duque. You are the starter of Game One in the National League Division Series for the Mets. In that game, you pitched four and a third innings, got a, 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 um, a, a no decision in that game. But that game, to this day, still provides me with one of my very favorite plays in Met history. Top of the that second. Play? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, top second inning, yeah. nothing, nothing. Russell Martin with Jeff Kent at second. All right, JD at first, nobody out. What do you remember from your vantage point as that ball heads towards Sean Green and right? I just remember the ball was smoked and it was, you know, going off the fence. And then I'm behind, you know, the, the perfect relay. I'm just behind with Duca back there screaming. Like, you know, he tags him out. And then I'm just screaming, runner on third. I was like, you know, I was like, runner. I was like, turn around, turn around. And, and, that, and thank God he did. But, you know, that's all I remember. I was just like, turn around. Like, it's not over. It's not over. And then, you know, you think you just made it in time to tag out for the second out. Uh, yeah, I, yo, I can watch that play every night on YouTube and never get tired of it. One of the most amazing moments at, at Shea, for sure. The Mets will go on to win that game, give them a one nothing lead in the division series against the Dodgers. Then in a must-win uh, game six of the National League Championship Series against St. Louis, you pitch five and a third shutout innings, defeated defending National League Cy Young Award winner Chris Carpenter to force a game seven. Looking back at your career, where would you rank that win among your career highlights? 
Uh, I mean, it's up there. Um, it, it's up there. I, you know, I guess when you, I guess you asked me that question. I mean, I was just, I just want to make the postseason roster. Um, you know, going into that 2006 um, season or the, you know the, that playoffs right there. So, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, you know, it, it, it was okay, but I'm just like, thank God I had that opportunity because of the stuck behind that team, anyways. Um, you know, I guess the, you know, it, it, it's probably the top ten um, for me. Uh, like I said, I'll just go add each opportunity to do it. And the close to no hitter right up there as well, I assume? Yes, and that was, and, and, and this is this is feels like another lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, talking about it, and then, uh, you know, I see Johan get the, um, um, the, the the first no hitter. I guess, you know, when I think about that near no hitter, it just, um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's in, it, you know, it's in the past for me, but I guess it guess would have been cool to kind of, you know, say that. Uh, you know, I was the first one to do that. Um, I'm happy for Johan, but you know, other than that, uh, I'm just kind of glad that that kept us, um, you know, into the final running. I guess you know, everyone knows how it turned out the last game, but um, just to extend it one more game was, was was good enough for me. Well, speaking of that last game, the last out was one of your teammates on those Met teams is now the new manager of the New York Mets in Carlos Beltran. Granted, he was in his late 20s, early 30s when you were teammates with him. But, you know, being around him, could you ever envision him being a major league manager? Yes, he was one of those, it's, you know, everyone always says, you know, catchers are kind of end up being the, the managers, and I get that because they kind of control the game. But, you know, Carlos, he had the, he had the stately, quiet demeanor and, um, you know, the, 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 just he he knew the game. He knew the pitchers. He knew um, everything going on out there. He had that aura about him. Um, you know, he had that that glow going on about him. That you know, that it was just he just wasn't you know batting forward. He just wasn't playing center field. There was more to him, I felt, than just what he was doing. And I'm glad that he's getting his opportunity. I'm really happy for him. And uh, you know, I think he's going to do great. He's uh, you know, he's quiet. Um, but I think that's also kind of a, a, a good thing. I think, that, you know, he, he, he's studious, um, you know, um, he knows the game, and he, I think he's going to do very well in that job. And when I saw that, I was very, very happy for him. If you look at the back end of your career, it was really marred by injuries. How hard was it to deal with the injuries and to deal with the fact you wanted to keep on playing, and how hard was it for you to finally say, no, it's time to hang it up? Well, that was, that was the hardest part. Um, you know, like... You know, go back to what I said earlier. Was I would always, you know, if saying if someone's like here, give me the ball, I was always going to take it. I didn't care if I had to throw left handed, um, and that kind of probably did me in. And, that, and this was, you know, it was one hundred percent my fault. I don't regret any of that because I still would, I would still go out there and pitch today. I wasn't laughing at anything, but I would still go out there and give it my best right now. Um, um, you know, I had um, you know two shoulder surgeries. I tried to come back, but I just, you know, I wasn't the same. Um, there's nothing better. It, you know, it's just it, it, it's just how everything you know shook out. I've learned a lot from it. Uh, you know, I'm in a good place about it. Uh, you know, it's you know, I'm not um, I'm not upset. It's hard to be like you know, it was hard to say, hey, this isn't myself pitching. I can't do this anymore. But on the other hand, was like you know, I gave it my all and I I, I wouldn't change anything. And and so you know, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm I'm, I'm at peace with that. So. If someone asked you the day you left the Mets to take a look at, at the locker room and that pitching staff, if someone told you nine years from today, Ali Perez would still be on a major league roster, would you have taken that bet? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I love Ali Perez too. It's funny you say that. I mean, we were pretty good. We, we were pretty good friends. Um, 
I, I tell you what, just like any baseball player, he's second off head. I mean, you know what I mean? It's um, um, I, he always he has always had great stuff. Um, um, I guess probably be the only one. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean maybe not, but you know, um, that doesn't say he's not deserving. Um, he's obviously done well. He's obviously has great stuff, but um. You know, it's 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 funny, not funny in a in a bad way. Right, no, I, right. things are, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that, I, looking at some of those staffs, and, and just it, I I can't even. I mean, listen, the lefty specialist is a, a certain role in baseball, and he's he's been able to really fulfill that for a number of and teams. And, and yes, and he's been able to um, jump into a, a relieving role. I tried that with 2013 with the Marlins. You know, I, I could not do that. Um, and, and, you know, some, some people can't, some people can't. And it's, it's awesome. And, I, you know, I actually saw him on TV, and, and I root for him. I just remember all the funny times and the funny things that he, he said in the times in the locker room, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it is it is funny that you look back and, you know, you think it's 2008, you know, who's still <laughs> pitching and you, or, or, or even playing, and you see some guys that are doing it. And, um you know, it's just, you know, like you said, it's a what-if, and it's, it's, I think it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. But but you have stayed in the game. In 2014, the Charlotte 49ers baseball team announced that you joined the staff of your alma mater as a volunteer assistant. Currently, you're involved with Showcase Baseball Academy of Lake Norman, which is a youth development program and college baseball softball preparatory academy where values like passion, integrity, and teamwork are the foundation of the SBA youth development. How did you become part of SBA, and what is your role there? Well, so um, I guess kind of in a nutshell, you know, I, when I started with Charlotte, I just, um, you, you know, um, you know, Coach Hibbs asked me to come on, and I basically did that to kind of kill time. I was doing nothing else except playing golf, and I needed to do something else to get out of the house. My wife was killing me. Um, when I started it, um, I found, you know, I found that I liked coaching and teaching um, people. Um, I found that I was semi-decent. Some people don't like me, you know, maybe doing it, um, but I feel for the most part, you know, especially pitchers, they got better, um, and, I, and, I, and I enjoyed doing it. Um, yeah, I did that for a year, then I ended up starting, uh, I opened up a, a, a baseball facility uh, just north of Charlotte, where I live, um, and uh, uh, I, I own that now, um, and we have teams, but we do lessons and things like that, and um, I've really found a passion, like I really enjoy teaching, um, you know, kids not only baseball, but just kind of, you know, it, to the best of my ability, um, it, you know, kind of just how to navigate certain, you know, aspects of their life and kind of being a mentor. I try surrounding them with other instructors in there that feel that same way about helping them just not through baseball because baseball isn't the ultimate goal. It's not the most important thing. and But at least to have fun and to try to help them be better people. And I've really enjoyed doing it. We've been doing it for four years. We partner with the original SBA that is in South Charlotte, um, and it's a great partnership. But for what I've got going up there, it's, it's really been fun, and I wouldn't trade it for a thing in the world. It's, um, you, you, know, I, I, you know, Monday through Friday, and then when I'm coaching on the weekends, I really do love it. So you've only been out of the game for six years, but there's so much new information in the game with the analytics. So now that you're a coach and, and you're helping youth pitchers, what, what part of that information do you think holds weight and what can be ignored? Like, what do you want to pass on to these new pitchers? So, I, you know, I, I do get asked this a lot by, you know, the younger generation coming up. And now, I guess, parents that are coming in there with their kids for either lessons or thirteens. And I think there's a, there's a place for some of it. And, and, and then there's times where it's just kind of um, fluff. Um, I, I don't like teaching um, towards the analytics. Um, um, 
for example, I'm pitching. I don't. Everyone cares about miles per hour and that kind of stuff. I don't care what you do. You can kick the ball up there and it gets guys out. I'm 100% happy with that, and I will try to work with you to make that, you know, the best pitcher you could possibly be by underhanging the ball up there, kicking the ball. It doesn't matter to me. So there's um there's something to be said for, you know, being the best pitcher somebody can be, or trying to, I guess, teach towards a radar gun. Um, trying to teach toward, um, you know, these analytics. There is a place for it because. You know, my goal is to get these kids into college um, to the best of my ability, and colleges do look at that. However, um, there's a trade-off, too, getting out or, you know, these analytics type of things. And some, some kids are really great at it, some kids aren't, and it's just a balancing act. But it's, um, I mean, I do like it. I do like some things, but um, it, it's hard with, you know, it, it's hard all around. Um, like I said, I'm here, I'm there to help these kids be the best possible pitcher they can be. And generally, it, it, they do turn out kind of throwing harder, being better pitchers, that kind of things. Uh, but I strictly don't just look at a, uh, you know, these numbers, these high-speed cameras that we have in here. I don't like teaching towards that. Um, you, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to, uh, I, there's a place for some things, um, then there's a you know then there's other times like hey let's play baseball let's get guys out and then you're gonna have a good time doing that. Where can people find more about SBA and where can they follow you these days on social media? So we have um, you know sbalakenorman.com uh, is our website and uh, I guess on uh, you know probably Facebook is NC SBA um, and then we you know we post things and uh, like I said anybody in this area we you know we love you to come up it just it doesn't matter we'd love to help you out any way we can and get you into college. You're not- or they just, you know, if you want to come hang out and learn about baseball and talk shop, a lot of people go up there and do that, and I love it. Well, if we send AJ down there to get him in college, I think the officials might come and arrest him. <laughs> but but that, a that's a different story. It's been a while. John, thanks well, so much. We can find we can find a place. We can we can try to find a place. We'll somewhere. the numbers. It might have to be an assisted <laughs> living place, though, John. <laughs> John, thanks so much for your time. Time. More importantly, thanks for five quality seasons here with the Mets. Really enjoyed watching you pitch for the Mets. Well, anytime. Thank you, and appreciate you having me on. Our pleasure. John Main, former New York Met.